All right, so now let's switch gears and talk about adherence to evidence-based guidelines. And it's not always easy to do. Uh, this is a schematic of the 2014 American Academy of Dermatology guidelines, uh, which really uh, just illustrates that there's a range of therapies to uh, address a range of severities of disease, uh, where we have for our basic patient, basic management for our milder patients, and really for all patients, where we would deal with basics of skin care, antiseptic measures, trigger avoidance, but that's, that might be enough for the mild patient or the very mild patient. That's not gonna be enough for the moderate to severe patient. For that moderate to severe patient, we're gonna be adding on the prescription topical anti-inflammatories, topical corticosteroids, calcineurin inhibitors, phosphodiesterase C4 inhibitors, et cetera. Um, and then of course, we have this concept of addressing both acute as well as maintenance uh, you know, management of the disease. Uh, now, the topical guidelines or the uh, or for the AAD guidelines back in 2014 address topical therapies. And uh, so when they talk about topical corticosteroids, they are recommended for the treatment of active inflammation or itch. Um, you know, we often will try to minimize the amounts used or the, the potencies used when possible. Um, and, you know, so we may consider lower potency uh, over-the-counter options in some cases, that would really be in the mildest of the mild. Um, they do carry a risk of skin atrophy, particularly with longer term use. Uh, but we also have to be careful not to be too gun shy and use such sparing amounts or such low potency options that the patient is destined to fail as well. So we always have, whenever we're thinking about topical therapy, we always have to address giving appropriate potencies and giving appropriate quantities um, and making sure patients know the right way of putting it on. This is certainly true for topical calcineurin inhibitors as well. Uh, here, it is recommended for treatment of um, you know, itch when bathing, moisturizing, wet wrap therapy, and or TCS have not led to relief. Now, the US, our perspective is a little bit different because of the cost and access around topical calcineurin inhibitors. In Europe, they're used uh, a little bit more regularly, uh, but sort of a little bit cheaper. Um, and uh, it is generally favored to use uh, TCIs uh, because they're not steroids. And we prefer to use non-steroidal options over topical corticosteroids, particularly in those sensitive skin areas like the face, the groin, eyelids, et cetera, where we are more concerned about those steroid side effects. There is no risk of atrophy, although very commonly patients will experience uh, topical site application site stinging or burning. Um, and that usually is a transient phenomenon, although every once in a while can be a persistent phenomenon as well. Uh, the AED guidelines also address phototherapy, and uh, the recommendations are to use uh, ultraviolet therapy, uh, UVA and or UVB, um, as an option for acute flares or maintenance. Now, be careful about how to interpret this, because UVB narrow band UVB is a safer therapy as a general rule, but it's much slower. UVA tends to be faster and broadband UVB tends to be faster. So narrow band UVB is not a great option for treating flares. It's better for long-term therapy and maintenance. UVA1, broadband UVB would be better options for um, the management of acute disease as well. Although it is very rare that we find access to UVA1 or broadband UVB anymore in the United States. This is something that can be challenging for patients to use. Uh, it requires in-office treatments 
a minimum of two times a week, sometimes more. And that's something that just very challenging to access. Uh, there's just not enough phototherapy sites around. Uh, and so this is an option, but it's unfortunately not a, a universally uh, available option for many patients. It is typically reserved for patients who've already failed topical therapy, can be used in combination with topical corticosteroids, even calcineurin inhibitors, moisturizers, et cetera. Um, and it is associated itself with short and long-term adverse events, um, including flare-ups of atopic dermatitis, itch, acute burns, and potentially with longer-term use, increased risk for skin cancer. Now, when we think about the different oral systemic therapies, everything on this table are options that are used all off-license, all off-label in the United States. Cyclosporin A is approved in Europe, uh, but it is not approved in the United States. Uh, none of these other options are. Um, they all have been shown variable efficacy in this disease. And a lot of that is a dose dependent uh, effects in terms of efficacy where lower doses are often better tolerated, but often don't work. The higher doses often work a little bit better, but come with some substantial toxicity issues. There's also um, you know, a, a physician burden of using these with respect to lots of laboratory monitoring at baseline and follow-up. Um, and uh, so, you know, a lot of challenges with these older fashioned oral immunosuppressing therapies. Um, and I should point out also that they all come with a lot of potential toxicities. Depends on the drug, there are differences between them, some with more liver toxicity, cyclosporin has more, you know, more kidney toxicity, problems with blood pressure and you know, uh, malignancy risks, serious infection risks, major, major challenges and things that we have to navigate when we use these therapies.